Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me as always, Slim Cliffy. Third night of the season. Got a nice seven-gamer tonight. Had some wild late games. Actually, all the games are pretty good. I mean, I thought, you know, you would absolutely need Toronto 1 to win last night. That was not the case. Um, You had Toronto 1, but what what about the rest of your lineup? I mean... I had I had Winnipeg two with them, but let's not even bother talking about that. Let's we got to talk about your night. Um, for anybody um, that's not sitting in our Discord, Josh had a pretty big night last night. Unfortunately, it didn't wasn't quite as big as it could have been. Um, here, I'm going to bring up uh, his lineup that took a lot down last night, but. There was a little stat correction that kind of went against it. Why don't you tell everybody what happened here? Yeah. I had I had what did I even have? I had Vancouver 2, full uh Vancouver 2 with Quinn Hughes. Then I had Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon. I had Matt Coronado and John Klingberg as one-offs, and then I had Alexander Yorgiev as my goalie. Now, at the end of that last game, I was winning everything. Everything I entered except for the team, which is 150 max, and I'm still in fifth there. I was winning 65,000, which for NHL is a super rare feat. Then the stack corrections started coming in. Uh, um, they took a block shot away from Quinn Hughes. Then the nail in the coffin was they took uh, a save away from Yorgiev, which lost him the saves bonus. And then they took another, and then they took a block shot away from McKinnon. So I dropped from 65,000 to 18,000, which, you know what? It was tilting. It still is tilting, but again, it's not your money until it hits your account. So, like, I was more mad at myself because coming into this season, I was like, I have a newborn. I can't stay up late sweating slates anymore. And here I am reneging against myself on the second slate of the season, up past 1 a.m. watching Vancouver Canucks hockey on a Wednesday night. But, you know, I ended up having a great night. And sometimes I just need to remind everybody why I get the nickname Single Entry Assassin. Who do you think you are? I am. So like, no, but it's not about me. 
We had some other really great nights in Discord last night. We had W3J Express. He took down the $5 poke check for $5,000. Congratulations to you. Our resident well-done steak enthusiast, Ali, finished fourth in the 15 for 3000 And then B-Funk, another single-entry player, he had a very good night. He was in top five, in the top five of a lot of the single-entry GPPs, which... Again, if you're a single entry player and you're getting up into the into the top ten, you're having a great night. Like cash, cashing and single entry is surviving, right? If you're a 150 max player and you're returning 50 percent of your entries, that's a tough night. Tough night for single entry, you get nothing back. You know what I mean? So if you're cashing in single entry, you live to see another day. Um, but if you're in the top five single entry contrast, that is a great night. So congratulations to you guys. I said at, I said at 7 p.m. at lock yesterday, I said, I hope we Cliffy and I can start this show tomorrow talking about wins in the Discord. And here we are. That that those are the best days where it's not like, oh man, we all got screwed by this, this or that. I like talking about winning. I especially like when our subscribers win. Um obviously I like to win, but you know what? I, we're here to help you win. So I, I feel good when you guys win. Yeah, it's, you know, that stat correction sucks. But like you said, nothing's official until it's in your account. And it was still a really good night. Um, definitely one of those nights that can kind of set you up, you know, at least for the next couple months. Um, good nights in the Discord. Um, lots of people seem that they are in on Vancouver, too. So uh, good on them. A reminder, not every night's obviously going to be like that. And, you know, especially where you're single entry, like you said, they're few and far between. So celebrate them when you do get them. Um, just, you know, try to keep a level head um, if you do start winning. Uh, you see a lot of people have a big win or two and then, you know, jump up in stakes a lot and then, you know, give it all back in a couple of weeks. So um, don't be one of those people. If you do do well, um, always make sure that you practice good bankroll management. But yeah, let's just hope. Uh, we can kind of keep it rolling here tonight, seeing as we have our San Jose Sharks as a late night hammer. Um, we'll get to that later. But yeah, real good slate ahead of us. <laughs> real good slate ahead of us that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And uh, for the people who are new to NHL, Chalk doesn't always smash. Uh, I didn't have a player above 10% in my lineup besides Klingberg, which was a fish play. But he was the last man in and it just felt bad. But anyway. We have a nice seven gamer here tonight. Uh, six to 10 games are usually the sweet spot for NHL. Uh, before we get into the slate, make sure to give us a like and subscribe so we can keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our show goes live. Our Stochastic channel closing in on 100K subscribers. So uh, smash that subscribe button. Get us to uh, 100K. And if YouTube isn't for you, you can find all of our content over on the Stochastic Podcast channel. Make sure to leave us a five-star review. And again, if you are thinking about going premium, I don't know why you wouldn't think about going premium. Uh, all of our subscribers were, were crushing it last night. Uh, if you click the link in the description below, you can get 10% off the weekly and monthly packages. Uh, it will automatically put in what you need. You'll get 10% off. And come join us in the Discord, and you get access to the projections, top stacks, uh, a bunch more of the Discord. There will be a lineups landing page soon, and that will be great. So first game of the night, my 
New York Rangers with a 3.4 total. Heading into Buffalo, the Sabres have a 3.1 total. I'll, I'll be I'll be completely honest here. I am a massive Buffalo Sabre slappy this year. I have a lot of futures on the Buffalo Sabres here. I, ha- I bet Tage Thompson to win the heart. I have Buffalo to make the playoffs. I even sprinkled Buffalo to win the cup. That being said, I, I kind of think they're going to be similar to the, the Devils last year where they're a bit early to the party, but I kind of bet them just on the off chance that they put it all together. They have a very good young core. Um, they have a very good young goalie. So we'll see. That being said, towards the – I guess the second half of the season when Tage Thompson was banged up um, a little bit, they had Dylan Cousins going out against Top Comp. And I, I kind of feel like they're going to continue to do that. They kind of wanted to get Tage Thompson away from the top competition. Now, the Dylan – correct me if I'm wrong on that, by the way, too, but that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so that leaves Tage Thompson going out against the bottom six matchups or middle six matchups. But – the Cousins line wasn't that great defensively, and the iteration of the Rangers' top line with Capo Caco up there with Zibanejan and Kreider, very good. Now, Capo Caco looked excellent in the preseason. Preseason doesn't mean shit. But, like, you, you want to see him take a step forward, and Peter Lavalette, the new Rangers coach, is going to give him that shot. He's going to give Lafreniere an effort to succeed on the second line with Panarin and Hedl. Uh, I like both top lines in this game because if Tage Thompson's going to go out against Hedl Panarin, I cannot imagine that's going to be a good defensive line either. Now, Tage Thompson line, almost no ownership, but you are stacking against Igor. So that is an MME play. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that in, in, in the write-up today. Um, I talked about, uh, you know, face, facing Igor Shesterkin is always one of those mental blocks. You know, we talked about it in the first night. Uh, Nashville, Tampa Bay, when we talked about UC Saros, is like, you know, sometimes you go up, you're going up against those elite goalies. Sometimes you feel a little reticent, but then, you know, you look at what Connor, what happened to Connor Hellebuck last night, right? Was it four goals on 21 shots or something like that? Yeah, like, goalies are creatures, man. Yeah. Um, and one thing that stood out uh, about Shesterkin last year was if you actually look at his numbers, not very good. Uh, like breaking down at, you know, by strength and, and types of shot and all that. Um, it was basically the penalty kill that really killed his save percentage. Um, he was a pretty bad goalie on the penalty kill. Now, penalty kill, it's one of those things like, is it was it his fault? Was it the defenseman? Was it the entire unit? So on and so forth. Weird, too, because the year before, he was unbelievable on the penalty kill. So Yeah, so you got to think maybe it was just like the pendulum swinging back the other way, and now it'll, things will normalize a little bit. But, you know, for most of the season, they like you mentioned, they did tail off like in March, basically. But for most of the season, Buffalo top power play unit was excellent. Um, the Rangers didn't take a lot of penalties last year, though, and I don't suspect they'll take a lot more this year. Like if Jacob Trouba, you know, just stops running people, they'll probably cut the penalties in half. Like, you know what I mean? So um, I don't think he'll stop doing that. But, yeah, the thing with the with the Buffalo top line is like it's not like some other top lines we've seen in the league where they score a lot of goals because they're riding 14% shooting or something like that, right? Like their expected goals were 3.6 per 60 minutes. Like that's really, really high. They were generating a ton. Um, you know, Jeff Skinner over the last two years, higher even strength points per minute than uh, Kaprazov and Kucherov. Like it, they're just great. Um, you would like to see them play 19 to 20 minutes. They don't always play that. That's kind of the thing that, 
that differentiates them a little bit. But when they don't play a lot of minutes, it's for one of two reasons. They're blowing the team out that they're playing or they're getting blown out. You know what I mean? It, it's it's if, if it's a tight game or or whatever, they're going to play their minutes. And if they're blowing the team out, they're not going to play. And hopefully they got in on a bunch of goals. But I'm with you. Like, Hedo and Panarin, I think it's going to be a pretty good offensive duo. But their expected goals against last year was three and a half in their minutes together. Like, that is brutal defensively. And I think that matches up pretty well uh, for that Buffalo top line, uh, supposing that they actually um, do go through with it and and that's the way the line matching works out. Now, I did write them up in, in that article um, at stochastic.com. Um, what I wrote about was the ownership, right? Like the ownership on, on that Buffalo top line was coming in incredibly low. Like it's come up a little bit through the day, but it's still only right at 2%. And the reason for that is because there are a lot of lines in like that sixteen thousand to nineteen or twenty thousand dollar range. They're all pretty good lines, right? So there's not, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a huge desire uh, to go to Buffalo one. So where they were so elite, um, they're at home. You know, it's they're not on the road. It's at home for a season opener. Um, everybody's healthy except for Jack Quinn. You'd like to see him there, but you know he doesn't affect the top line. Um, everybody's healthy. Rasmus Dahlin's healthy, you know, Tage Thompson, et cetera. So I kind of do like that Buffalo top line here. I know they are really expensive. I think relatively speaking, they're a little bit cheaper on FanDuel. So they are going to be higher on there, but I I'm with you. I kind of do like them. Buffalo's second line, I think is a good line. Um, I just don't know if I necessarily want to play them here tonight. Um, they're not coming in with a ton of ownership, but in that price range, like there are a lot of good lines, like because uh, Brett Howden's missing, like we'll get to Vegas later. Like the Vegas second line is in that price range. Um, you know, our buddies from Nashville uh, are in that price range. Like every Seattle line is in that price range. Like there are other ways to go rather than going to Buffalo two. Um, I think Buffalo three almost makes a little bit more sense, but that's where I'm worried about ice time, right? Like, how much ice time is Zach Benson actually going to get? That rookie that was drafted 13th overall this year. Like, is he going to play more than 10 minutes? Like, that's kind of the problem. Like, I can see them moving up Oposo or, or or Peyton Krebs, you know, second period, third period, what have you. So, just by kind of process of elimination, I do like Buffalo 1 a lot here tonight. Um, single entry, multi-entry, whatever. You know, if you're MME and you certainly, I think you probably want to get you know, 4% of them get double the field and then you still don't have a lot of them, um, but you're overexposed. And I think that's probably the direction to go on the Rangers side. It, it is the top line that I do like the best. The, what I want to mention is what you said is like, they played pretty well whenever Kako was there. Um, 3.7 expected goals for two and a half against the problem was is that they weren't finishing only 2.7 actual goals when compared to the 3.7 expected goals uh, generated per 60 minutes. But the thing is, is Kako scored elsewhere, right? Like he scored well enough playing next to Panarin. He certainly scored well on a permanent basis playing next to Heedle. So you got to think maybe it's just a small sample thing. Like, you know, sometimes players have different styles that, that can affect the quality of shots and, and things like that. But when you see such a discrepancy between what he did on that line and what he did on the second and third lines, like you got to think it's just, you know, it was a 230 minute sample or something like that. Like that's a quarter of a season. It's 20 games. Like it's really not a lot. 
Um, so I really do like that Rangers top line here. Like as good as Buffalo is going to be, they have to prove they're going to be a good defensive team before we can call them a good defensive team, right? Like they were legitimately one of the worst defensive teams in hockey last year. They pretty much bottom 10 across the board in just about every defensive metric. Samuelson was likely playing injured. You know, Dolan kind of faded a little bit down the stretch. He was also playing injured. You know, Power's a year older. It's a it's a young blue line. They brought in Connor Clifton, which I think was a nice pickup. Um, but they have to prove themselves being better defensively before I'm ready to say they're even league average. And, you know, where that's a bandage ad line's only coming in between four and five percent. They're only sixteen thousand five hundred on DraftKings. Devin Levi hasn't been confirmed yet to start, I don't think, but I imagine he's going to be playing. I'd rather face one of the other goalies, but, you know, Levi's only had, only played a handful of games himself. I think a lot of them, I think he's going to be really good. Um, whether he's really good tonight or not, we'll see. But I, I, I think that Rangers top line makes a lot of sense if you don't want to, you know, pay way up for a top line here tonight. Um, I don't think I want to dip down further than that. You know, Rangers too, I think is fine, especially on DraftKings where Heedle is so cheap, right? I think he's only 3,800. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't mind a Heedle Panarin two-man or something like that um, if pe- if people want to go in that direction, especially, where, uh, like I said, in DK where Heedle's so cheap. But I think it's both top lines I like most in this game. It's not just because they're the top lines. Um, you know, Buffalo's way more expensive. I just, I, I like the matchups for both. I like the way that, you know, both are really good lines that that generally play well together. Um, and both might come in a little bit lower on than I think they should be. Yeah, one last thing I'll I'll mention on Capococco. I think it was a comfort and comfortability thing. Like he was used to playing next to Heedle and Lafreniere. I think he was he knew their style of play. I, I almost feel like with Gallant, when he was up on the top line, he didn't want to make a mistake. So he was thinking instead of just playing. I think I think it all comes to fruition this year for him. Philadelphia Flyers with a 3.2 total heading into Columbus. The Blue Jackets have a 3.3 total. This game's driving me nuts. First of all, it's the Flyers haven't even played a game yet, and Torts is Tortsing. Columbus is they fired their head coach like a week before the 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 season. Now they're healthy scratching Ken Johnson. That being said, I it's a six and a half total. Neither of these teams are good defensively. Neither of these teams have good penalty kills. Both these teams take a lot of penalties. I have interest in both sides. I, I mean, I, maybe I have more interest in, you know, a line a Goudreau than I do on the Flyers because they're line combinations. But, like, I have to consider both sides here. Yeah, I, I'm i with you. I, I'll i get to the Flyers in a second. I'm going to start with Columbus. Um, it's interesting having Patrick Line at center. It's one of those things that it you wouldn't feel like it would work out because he's typically been so bad defensively. Sometimes just a little bit of a change of – I know Michael Granlin's kind of washed now. Five, six years ago when he uh, when he switched positions, I think it was with Minnesota, might have, might have still been in Nashville, it completely changed his career. Like it gave him an NHL, a, a lengthy NHL career. Um, he might have been out of the league. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say Line is going to be a completely different player, but I could buy Line and Goodrow still being pretty, at least pretty good offensively, even with Line as the center. Um, you know, they did score pretty well together last year, 3.1 uh, goals per 60 minutes and well over 400 minutes together. Um, 
I don't like Cole Sillinger being on the top line. That's what's kind of killing me here is Cole Sillinger was really bad last year. Like I'm talking, I know he was only 19 years old. It was only a second season. Columbus had all those injuries, et cetera, et cetera. He was straight up one of the worst forwards in the NHL by, you know, points per minute, um, war per minute, defensive issues. Like he really didn't do anything. And it seemed, it seems like they're putting him on the top line based off one preseason game, which really, really worries me because one preseason game doesn't prove dick. And when I see something like that happen, it makes me wonder, like, is Kirill Marchenko just going to be back up on the top line by the second period? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's something that could easily happen. So where Sillinger's not on the top power play, I think you're perfectly fine to leave him off. You can leave him on your stack if you want to use Columbus 1 um, because he's only 3,500. Like, he doesn't, you know, a, a, an assist and a couple shots, and, and that's fine. That's all you need in the GPP. Um, but I, I really wish Kirill Marchenko was still on the top line. I get why they're kind of not doing it. Like they want to leave Marchenko, um, you know, down with Fantilli, give them softer matchups against an opposing team's bottom six. But um, I'm just wondering how long that's actually going to last. But I do like that Columbus one line. Uh, I, I'm not particularly worried about matchups here. No. You know, ideally you don't want them going out against Sean Couturier. Uh, but again, Couturier is a guy that has to prove himself healthy. Big question. Uh, he's got Joel Farabee and Bobby Brink as his wingers. It, like if Couturier's is 80% of the guy he was four years ago, is that enough to carry Bobby Brink and Joel Farabee? Like, I'm not sure that it is. So I'm not worried about the matchup. They do score well together. They're not super expensive. Um, it's 12,900 for Line and Goodrow combined. Uh, it's not that bad on DraftKings. Uh, Sillinger's just not bringing much to that line. And that's just what's kind of killing my interest there. I'm going to skip over Columbus too. Jenner's probably going to be on the top power play unit. Like he's fine to use like Jenner and Bemstrom, but it's Columbus three. That's kind of interesting. Uh, the Fantilli, Marchenko, Danforth line. They seem to be really high on Danforth. Um, take that for what it's worth. I'm not, you know, I'm not completely sold on, on Columbus, you know, being perfect eyes for, for talent. Uh, but Fantilli definitely looked great in the preseason. Marchenko looked really good last year. Like, I remember writing something about Marchenko and he was writing a pretty high shooting percentage at the time, but I went and looked at his actual goal scored and, you know, it was wrist shots from the right circle, wrist shots from the left circle, crashing to the net, like looking for a rebound, um, sliding open for one time. Like he was scoring goals in like five, six, seven different ways. It wasn't like he was just standing around the net, whacking at rebounds or standing in a circle, waiting for slap shots. Like he was looking for ways to score goals and that type of player Playing with Fantilli, I think, could work pretty well. Um, I think you're going to see one of them on the top power play unit. We'll see how things actually shake out in, um, during the game. I think Marchenko is probably going to be up there. He's really expensive. Fantilli's not. But I really don't mind them as a, a little two-man on a short slate where they're going to be going against, you know, the Philly bottom six, whatever Philly's bottom six um, actually looks like whatever they treat their lines like. So I do like Columbus one. I wish Sillinger wasn't there. I don't mind a two man uh, from Columbus three, the Philly side, like, you know, we intimated it's just the line combinations that are bugging us. Right. Like before the show, you and I were talking and it, it in theory, you can see what they want to do here. Right. Like Couturier, if he's the guy he was four years ago, 
he could probably carry uh Farabee and Brink, right? And Brink looked fine in the preseason. I like I'm not high on him as a prospect, but you know, we'll see what happens. Tippett, Atkinson, and Frost, you know, Atkinson looks back close enough to his normal self. And Frost and Tippett were, you know, they were good last year. Uh 3.2 goals scored per 60 minutes. That's higher than the Columbus top line in a sample um over 500 minutes. Uh so they were good um offensively. So now you have potentially two scoring lines. And then you put your best forward, your best offensive forward, Travis Konechny, down on the third line, hoping that you can give yourself three scoring lines. But, you know, if Couturier is not the guy that he was, if Atkinson isn't quite up to speed, you know, <laughs> Konechny and Cates had terrible offensive numbers together last year. Like, they want to develop Cates' offensive ability because he's already re- he's a really good defensive forward. Like, it's not that he's a bad player. He's a really good defensive forward. He just doesn't bring anything offensively, not he's, yet. He's really cocking the Emmy. That's right. what he is. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect description. Um, so, you know, I do like the Flyers here. I think if I were to play the Flyers, it would probably be some sort of power play stack. Couturier, Konechny, and Cam York, something like that. Because I got to think Konechny is going to get up to the top line at some point during the game. Um, you know, if you want to slide, you know, Konechny and Atkinson and Cam York or something like that. Like Cam York's only 3,500. We'll get to the defenseman later. So the savings on him is enough to kind of make up for what I think are overpriced forwards. But because their forwards are so spread out across three lines and all that, there's not a lot of ownership on any of the lines. They're all under 9% on DraftKings. Top line's under 5%. So you're not going to get much ownership on the Flyers. I think a power play stack is the way to go here just because their lines are broken up so much. So Columbus 1, maybe a two-man from Columbus 3, and probably a Flyers power play stack. That feels gross to say, but I think a Flyers power play stack is how I would approach that team. Yeah, and uh, Ray Rock, he is a Flyers fan. Um, He said those lines will be mixed up after the first goal against I know they're not our fans, but we are John Tortorella people, so we know Torch. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence Bobby Brink is not on the fourth line by midway through the second period. That's the entire problem here. The thing is, like, I'm close enough to Philly to know that Bobby Brink is the most Philadelphia name, like, ever. And, like, he is going to be a fan favorite. I Like, Torch is trying to make it work, putting him up on that top line. So, I don't know. It's just going to be blenders for Torts all season. It is what it is. Detroit Red Wings with a 2.7 total heading into New Jersey. The Devils have a 3.8 total. The Devils are a wagon, man. Their their team is excellent. Now, the one thing that annoys me with the Devils, and it's just from a DFS perspective, Lindy Ruff is not the best DFS coach, but like he's going to be, he's doing split power play units. And I understand why he's doing it. It's good for real hockey. Not great for us. The full, the top line of Meyer, Heischer, and Mercer are on one unit. The second line, Brat, Hughes, and Toffoli are on another unit. At least the lines are fully correlated, right? Yeah. You're just going to run with who's ever fresh. You know what I mean? The units are Both units are good enough to be top power play units. So, like, whoever is fresh, Lindy Ruff's going to put out there now. I, I kind of like this new Detroit one iteration, Perron, Larkin, Debrinkat. The, the issue I'm running into is Nico Heischer, Dawson, Mercer. Their yeah. defensive numbers are very good. Now they have a small sample with Timo Meyer too, and they have 1.25 goals against, but it's small sample noise. It's like 40 minutes. 
that Detroit one is fully correlated. David Perron is best when he's with Larkin. Debrincat brings something that Bertuzzi couldn't bring, that Lucas Raymond couldn't bring. He is better than those players. I think Detroit one is definitely in play tonight. On the devil side, I'm kind of more interested in who's going up against the Fabry-Lucas-Raymond conference line. Fabry and, and Lucas Raymond, they had a small sample together last year. It was absolute cheeks. You added JT Romper Confer, which is like, prove me wrong, one of the worst signings of the offseason. And I mean, like, one, it, might be, it might be the worst one Detroit's made since Andrew Copp a year ago. <laughs> yeah. And I want the wings to be good because they're fun. But eesh, I'm on the devil. I think the Hughes line, like, Toffoli is absurdly cheap, so they're going to garner a lot of ownership. So I like them. You take ownership out of it, or you, you include ownership. I like taking a stab on Detroit one here. Yeah. Um, looking at our top stacks, the first and second lines are basically even in price. They're only separated by $200. But the Hughes line's coming in with almost 9% more ownership. It's twenty, almost 21% against 12% for the um, – Meyer, Hisham, Mercer line. The reason is because people always gravitate to the high-priced guy. Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, those guys always carry a ton of ownership. Um, Jack Hughes is certainly um, in that category now. And with Tyler Toffoli being priced where he is, the people that play Hughes are going to play Toffoli. So that line uh, is going to come in with a lot more ownership, even though they're similarly priced. Um the interesting thing is like the top two percentage that we have isn't that much higher. It's only about a 5% difference between uh, the first and second lines. So, you know, I do like both those lines from New Jersey. Like you said, the problem is, is, is the power play. Um, You know, I, with them having perfect correlation on both units, that's good. Like I, I, that's one thing I do appreciate the problem is, is like there's going to be games where it just so happens that, you know, Jack Hughes draws three penalties, right? And if Jack Hughes is drawing the penalties, that means his line was on the ice. And that means his line's probably not going to be on the power play, right? So you're going to get some games where one line is going to get a lot of power play time and the other will get very little just because of who's drawing the penalties when they were on the ice. So by the end of the season, you, they're going to have pretty close power play ice time to each other. But game to game, I think you can see a fair bit of variance. And that's that's a little bit problematic when you're playing single entry. Um, but both lines, you know, excellent offensively. Hughes and Bratt together last year, 3.8 goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Um, you know, his year, Dustin Mercer at 3.2. The one thing I wondered, like Timo Meyer struggled when he came over to New Jersey. Like, that, I don't think that's a big secret. But, what, you know, one thing I talk about is – having to change how a player plays and Timo Meyer played a lot um, when he was back in San Jose, especially in the last couple of years in San Jose, played a lot of like cycle four checking type of hockey. That's not the type of hockey that New Jersey plays. And I'm wondering if it was just getting acclimated to really what was a brand new offensive approach to the game that he hadn't played at least in a couple of years. You know, I think in a full off season, full training camp and all that, I'm not too, I'm not concerned about Timo Meyer looking the way that he did at the end of last season again, you know, at the start of this one. So um, I do kind of like that Meyer, Hisher, Mercer line. Like I, I, I just think there's not enough 
um, you know, daylight between them and the Hughes line to justify, you know, what's going to, what I think is going to be a pretty sizable gap in ownership. Like it comes down to ownership. If both of these lines were coming in around 15%, I would say play the Hughes line. That's what I would do. But if we're going to have one line at around 20% and it may, the other line maybe around 10%, I will take the 10% line if I think they're close. And they are, I, I think they're close. Very close. Um, you know, our, our top stacks kind of bear that out too. So Hisher, Mercer, Meyer for me, I think one thing I might do is take off Mercer and put on Alex Holtz. Um, Holtz is on the power play unit with them. I'm a big Alex that. Holtz guy. Um, you <laughs> save you save $2,000 on DraftKings. Uh, and, you know, Mercer took Holtz's spot late in the preseason, like, you know, the last four or five days of training camp. What's to say Holtz can't take Mercer's spot early in the season as well. You know what I mean? And like Holt, Holtz is good enough to do that. And he wouldn't be on the third line if he wasn't good enough to play in their top six. That's kind of the way that I look at it. So I think he can take out Mercer and put in Holtz. Just leave in Mercer if you want to play the whole line. I think that's fine. That's the line I'm going to. But either of the Devils' top two lines are definitely in play. The Detroit side is where it gets really interesting for me. Because like you mentioned, um, Larkin plays a lot better without Raymond. Um when it comes to Larkin and Perron, they help each other. Like, yes, absolutely, Perron has way better numbers, had way better numbers last year skating with Larkin than he did you know, with anyone else. But it was the same thing for Larkin. Like, Larkin was a lot better with Perron on his wing than he was with anybody else, e- even when Lucas Raymond was still on their line. Um, <laughs> Larkin without Raymond, expected goals for it um, went up 20%, and actual goals scored nearly doubled. Um I wrote a lot about Raymond about why I wouldn't give up on him yet, but he really hasn't shown a lot of growth through his first two years in the NHL. And it makes me really happy to see a line of Perron, Debrinkat, Larkin together, both at five on five and on the power play. Now, as you mentioned, going up against Nico Hischier is going to be a brutal matchup. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But you got the New Jersey goaltending behind that defense. You know what I mean? like nobody had who who believes in the new jersey goaltending like no one um, Devils fans believe in it and they're the most fair weather little shits on the planet you just have Sorry, to look, at, all. Just look at, at the way they treated vanacek last year right like he had a pretty good team in front of him only put up a 9-11 save percentage and lost his job in the playoffs you know what i mean this is not a team this is like edmonton last night edmonton you know, let's start. Let's start Jack Campbell. Um, Jack Campbell had three great preseason games. Let's start Jack Campbell, and Jack Campbell, you know, got lit up. Um, 
Vitek Vanacek could do the exact same thing. Akira could do the exact same thing. I don't have any confidence in this New Jersey goaltending. It sucks that Detroit's so expensive. 18700 is pretty expensive. Like, it's more expensive than either of the Devils lines. But on the flip side, it's keeping their ownership down. 1%. I don't know if I would get there in single entry um, uh, on, on this particular slate because there are so many lines in that sixteen dollars to $20,000 range that you can use. But I'm not excluding them outright, and I I may get there in the end. I because Larkin and Perron have great offensive numbers whenever um, whenever Raymond's not there, and out, adding Alex to Brinkhead is not going to make that worse. Like I'm really excited to watch that line. If I was 20 maxing tonight, um, I would probably have a couple Detroit ones. I might even have them in a single entry. Factoring in ownership, I swear I they're my favorite line in this game. Yeah. Same. And like David Perron is one of the most underrated players in the NHL. He played with McDavid. He's played with Crosby. He's played with names upon names. And he's, he just makes everyone around him better. And you think he's going to start falling off and he never does. He's, he's just a solid player. And it, as we and mentioned one, off the top, we are, no, just one quickly, one thing. The other thing is this power play impact. Like the power play was better with Perron there and adding to Brinkat should help. We'll see how it goes with the two defensemen, but K Sarah Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Five, three, three forward, two defensemen power play units can, you know, Joe Buck themselves, but whatever. Bet 360, as we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Bet 365. If you deposit $10, bet $5, you get $150 for free in bonus bets. This is only available in Kentucky, Ohio, New Jersey, Virginia, Iowa, and Colorado. They're coming to more states, so keep an eye out if you're in one of those states. If they open up in your one state, you can get take advantage of this bonus. You have to be 21 plus 18 in Kentucky. If you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on to the next game here. We have the St. Louis Blues with a 2.7 total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 3.7 total. Rupe fiasco hints out tonight. That moves Tyler Sagan up to the top line. He is a wing on DraftKings. That makes the Dallas top line 20,000 and three wings, which makes for very uncomfortable builds, but it could be unique now. That will make the second line uh, a familiar one, kind of. Jamie Benn, Wyatt Johnston, Ty Deladandria, third line of Mason Marchment, Matt Two Chains, and Evgeny Dodonov. Blue's top line, familiar, Buchnevich. Thomas, Kairou. I really like that line. The problem I have with that line is, are you going to play Kairou 14 minutes? Or are you actually going to play your best player 18 to 20, 21 minutes? Um, that's the line I'm looking for on the blue side. If you want to go to Hayes, uh, Verona, Hayes is 2,800 on DraftKings on the second power play unit. Dallas is a very good team. They're good defensively. They have a good penalty kill. They do take a decent amount of penalties but i'm kind of interested here in the dallas top line because one it's an awkward build two people think it's a downgrade from sagan or rope to, to sagan which it is but like sagan there last year that line had ridiculously good numbers like insanely good numbers and they're fully correlated and now you're getting a 3500 discount with sagan up there the three wing is the caveat though yeah um you know, there are ways that you can build, um, you can go with double center builds. Um, 
you know, you could do like a Fantilli line A from Columbus and hope that Fantilli eventually gets up um, to the top power play unit. You can certainly do it um, with Thomas Board a lot. Well, I, I was going to say St. Louis because you, you have Shen Thomas, um, both as um, centers. They're, yeah, you could go to San Jose and use like Hurdle and Bortolo or something if you want, but I don't know, maybe not. Um, but, I, you know, your point about Sagan is a good one. They were really, really good offensively. 130 minutes with Sagan on the top line, four expected goals for, five actual goals for, more shot attempts generated than when Hints was there. So it's not just a matter of, of a shooting percentage bender. They are actually generating more offense. Problem is, is like the power play was a lot worse. Um, the one, the the difference is like Sagan is kind of a one note power play guy. You know what I mean? Like kind of rip shots from from the wing, where it's like Hints is more of like a utility knife, Swiss Army knife kind of thing. Um, but it, on the flip side, the three wings does make for some unique builds that you can use. I just worry about that power play because if the power play isn't super elite these guys might not play a lot of minutes right they might only play 18 minutes like there are a lot of games they only played that last year they're only playing like 18 minutes and the power play isn't you know elite st louis doesn't take a lot of penalties to begin with like it it, it, is it's very suspect though yeah that's a very good point um I, i i'm just worried that the thing that made that line that dallas line really special last year was the power play you know i think robertson had like 41 power play points or something like that yeah astronomical yeah if 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 you know if they're half that good they're just a run-of-the-mill power play and they're being over overvalued and overrated. That's kind of my concern with Dallas here tonight, the Dallas top line anyway. Um, the Dallas second line uh, doesn't look bad. I'm worried about their shooting percentages. They overheated a lot last year. Um, with the Landry there, they shot over 15%. Um, like 12% would be really high. 15% is just, you know, this is going to come crashing down. Yeah, that like, one is on an unreal heater for like a month. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so when that if that pendulum swings back, they could have a pretty poor offensive season even while playing well. Um, the Dallas three is what's kind of interesting to me here, which sounds weird. But Mason Marchman, he wasn't terrible last year. Like I know he had like that stretch where he went like 30 games without a goal or something like that. Um, but his primary points rate wasn't that far off what Tyler Sagan did. It, it worked out to like two points over a full year at five on five. It really, on a per minute basis, it really wasn't that much. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not going to get much in the way of opposition. St. Louis two, St. Louis three, those lines are not going to be good defensively whatsoever. Um, so I actually don't mind Dallas three as kind of like a fillery type stack. They're all going to be on the second power play unit, which is nice. Um, you know, Dallas second power play. You know, if the Dallas top power play is struggling with Sagan there, maybe the second unit gets a little bit more ice time than they otherwise would. They're not getting a ton of ownership, 2.5%. They're a little bit over-owned, but it's nothing extreme. Um, oh, sorry, I was looking at the wrong line. 6.5%, still not extreme. It's a little bit over-owned, but I think it's still perfectly fine. I, I, again, it's like a situation in Columbus. I think you're fine at two-man, like, you know, do Shane Marchment or something like that. Uh, but I don't mind Dallas three here as a filler type stack. Um, but it is, you know, I do like Dallas one. 
but if I'm going to pay twenty thousand dollars, I'm going to be honest. I'll just find an extra two grand somewhere and go play Buffalo instead. I, that's just kind of the way that I look at it. Where you're going to get them at similar ownership or lower ownership, anyway. Um, or it's on the coming up too. What's that? Or the the team coming up next? Yeah, that too. Quickly, the only line from St. Louis that I that I really have interest in is the top line. But I do have interest in that top line. Like we're showing no ownership. Okay, on that St. Louis top line, 0.9%. My best DFS night last year was playing St. Louis basically in this exact same spot, like on the road in a somewhat tough defensive matchup. And, you know, I ended up uh, binking across the slate. Um, I always keep that in the back of my mind. And this is by far the best line that St. Louis can put together. And they scored 4.2 goals for 60 minutes of five on five. And for what feels like the first time since I've been playing DFS, which is like a decade now, they're putting all their good players on the top power play unit, which it feels like a miracle that they're doing it. Thank you. Dallas, you know, Dallas had a good penalty kill. It wasn't super elite. It wasn't like a Boston, you know, Carolina. So they can be had. Jake Ottinger looks very shaky in the playoffs. Um, it's they're They're kind of in that Detroit bucket for me where – I'm still considering them in single entry ownership as a part of it. I honestly, man, this is kind of like that Detroit game. I honestly think I like the St. Louis top line the best in this entire game, um, factoring in ownership and all that. But I do like um, Dallas one and Dallas three besides that for sure. Yeah. And again, I'll just reiterate my point why I'm a little bit, I would maybe err on the side of caution with the blues top line. I think they're a very good GPP play for whatever it's worth. Kairou's 7,300. We've seen him up in that price and he'd play 14 minutes. He needs to play big minutes at that price on the road. But that's a gamble you definitely can take in GPPs. Cash, I would steer very far away from him. Florida Panthers with a 3.1 total heading into Minnesota. The Wild have a 3.4 total. Very surprised that the the Panthers got up to a a 3.1 total here. They're without Aaron Ekblad. They're without um, Brandon Montour. Their blue line is a mess. Wild. The Wild, I I think the Wild top line, they're coming in with ownership, but they might be in one of the best spots here tonight. Now, Hartman's not top power play, but the way the Wild line match, they're going to send Joe Erickson out against top comp, and they like sending Hartman out against bottom six. Now, so that means they're going to avoid the Barkoff line, which is going to be a very, very good line. They lost Duclair, but they added in Evan Rodriguez. And Evan Rodriguez, another one of those very underappreciated players in the NHL. Second line, you know, E2-D2, Lusterani with Kachuk. Like, they have Nick Cousins there, but they'll carry Nick Cousins to respectability. The third line, Anton Lindell and Sam Reinhart, they have okay numbers together, but they have uh, Mackie Samoskevich on his wing. I'll be honest, not very familiar with his game. I uh, can't imagine they're going to do great things going up against Hartman, Zuccarello, and Kaprizov. Now, I will say Zuccarello kind of fell off a little bit last year. Maybe he just had a down season. Maybe he's just getting a bit old. But Kirill Kaprizov is still there. I still think, you know, maybe you can do some kind of wild power play stack. You know, you want to do like Boldy Kaprizov, something like that. Uh, Flyers, or sorry, the Panthers 
extremely high event. They take a lot of penalties. So I think the Minnesota wild power plays in play here as well. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, if you want to take out Hartman and put in Joel Erickson or something like that, I think that's perfectly playable. Your point about Zuccarello is a good one. Um, a six year low in five on five shooting percentage also saw some playmaking metrics decline. Um, you know, the team struggled to score last year. Like, you know, Kaprizov looked like he was, he might've been on pace for like a hundred point season or whatever. The team really struggled to score last year. Like they were bottom three and five on five goals per minute. Like go look at Boldy's on ice numbers until Marcus Johansson got there. They were just terrible. Um, at least in terms of goals for, so, you know, they kind of have to turn that around. They're going to be without Jared Spurgeon, which they're going to be missing their best defenseman, which is not a good start. Um, but the upside is obviously that they're going to be going out against the bottom six in Florida, Florida without Ekblad and Montour, like they're going to be icing some defensemen that just straight up shouldn't be in the NHL. I mean, the guy running their power play might probably doesn't belong in the NHL. <laughs> we'll see. Like I, I could believe that maybe Ekman Larson needed a full off season to get healthy from whatever his hip issues were, but the, those issues have been around for a few years now. So, I think Ekman Larson can run a power play just like Klingberg can. Uh, five on five, it's going to be a, a, an adventure with him. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. Um, so you know, Minnesota one is fine, but it's Minnesota two that I wrote up in the picks article. Um, you know, I just mentioned how Boldy's numbers were terrible until Marcus Johansson got there. Their expected goals went up 10%. Uh, as soon as he got there, Boldy put up 15 goals and 23 points in the 20 games that he played with them after Johansson got traded. Uh, and Boldy generated 22% more shots than he had otherwise. Like they played, I slagged, trust me. I remember this because I slagged Marcus Johansson quite a bit last season and, uh, looked pretty foolish for doing so. They played really, really well. Now, they're going to be going out against the Florida top line. Yeah, they're good defensively, but how much can they rely on their defense? Like, if one forward makes a mistake, are there any defensemen there to really back them up? That's kind of what I'm worried about. Um, So I do like Minnesota, too, here. um, They're coming in with fairly reasonable ownership, about 12%. It's a little bit over-owned, but... You know, you can take out Johansson, put in Kaprizov, make it a power play stack. Like Florida was one of the most penalized teams in the league last year. I don't see why any reason why that would change. Um, so I, I like I kind of like Minnesota two slash Minnesota power play stack here. On the Florida side, like I generally fade top lines going into Minnesota. Spurgeon there might change things a little bit, uh, but they're coming in with you know, 11 to 12% ownership, 11 to 12% ownership on a seven game slate on the road going into Minnesota. It's just one of those things that's, it's like a flashing red light, like just stop. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if I was MMEing or whatever, I'd, I'd certainly have them in a single entry or three max. I don't think I'm going to get there on Florida. It's the Florida second line that it's actually kind of interesting to me here because Luster Ryan, I think is one of the, I hate to say it because we say it a lot about a lot of different players. He feels like one of the most underrated players in the NHL because he's there's two. He's really good defensively and he's a really good playmaker. And you put those two things um, next to Matthew Kachuk, and a lot of good a lot of good things can happen. A lot of good things did happen. Two hundred and fifty five minutes together last year. Four point three expected goals for two point eight uh, expected goals against. Uh, I don't mind that Florida two line. I know they're not perfectly correlated, but I'm not attacking the Minnesota penalty kill anyway. So I think a two man of like Luster Ryan or Kachuk is what I like best on this or on the Florida side. Sorry. 
Yeah, I agree. I don't stack against Joel Erickson Eck, even though it's not like the Joel Erickson Eck line with Felino and Greenway from a few years ago. They still have expected goals of 2.25 against in a 165-minute sample. Also, we'll get to goalies at the end, but I, I do really like Philip Gustafsson tonight. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, me too. We have a Stochastic Hall of Fame, which I almost got into last night, but I got stat corrected out of it. I will get in. This is how you can qualify. You go to stochastic.com backslash avatar, download it, make it your avatar, place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. You tweet the win to at stochastichof on Twitter or X, whatever you call it. If you don't have Twitter, you can uh, email it to support at stochastic.com. You can win a free month for the stochastic package of your choosing. Stochastic, we've gone away from the platinum package. It is sports specific, so you can choose which sports you want. You can only win one free month per calendar year. Um, so if that happens, and just let us know when you get your free month. Also, again, for all of you in here, there are almost 200 in here. Smash that like. Thank you very much. If you are thinking about going premium, make sure to click that link in the description. We have a special deal for the listeners only. This is for this week only. It'll get you 10% off weekly or monthly packages, but you have to go through the link in the description. It is the only way to get it. Let's move on to the next game of the night. The Seattle Kraken with a three total heading into Nashville. The Predators also have a three total. This game wasn't on the slate. I wouldn't even know. <laughs> this game kind of drives me nuts, but a lot of things drive me nuts. So here we're going to talk about it. I would imagine the Ryan O'Reilly line is going to go out against the Beneers line. That will kind of free up the Novak Evangelista Tomasino line to go out against, you know, the Wenberg line. And that's the line I kind of like attacking on Seattle. They're my... Like, Seattle has good defensive lines. They just have goaltending issues. At least they don't have Marty Jones anymore. The Leafs have Marty Jones, and I hope he starts for them this year. That will be the day. The Sombrero will be out in full force. Um, but Wenberg, Schwartz, Burakovsky, they're just kind of three guys put together. You know what I mean? Like, they don't play great together. So if I am going to go to a line in this game, I, I do think it is the Novak Evangelista Tomasino line. Um. You can go back to O'Reilly, Forsberg. I just, you know, there's better options in that price. There's like a ton of better options in that price range. They can, they can be in your MME portfolio. On the Seattle side, I, I guess it would be that top line. I just, on on a seven-game slate, 
with a team that splits power play units on a team that plays their top three lines, even number of minutes, it just, it doesn't excite me to get to them in single entry. Again, you can have them in your MME portfolio. Yeah. So guess who was the only forward from the Seattle Kraken to hit 18 minutes in their first game? I guess Yanni Gord. Alex Wenberg. <laughs> is Jake and, the coach? Jake, yeah, Jake the I, I think Matty Beneers was seventh or eighth or something like that. Like we mentioned that on the show on the on the very first day. There are gonna be games where Seattle's quote top line, you know, McCann Beneers Everly is going to get third line ice time. And that's exactly what happened in that game against Vegas. It is that's why it's really frustrating to play Seattle because you don't like normally like guys like like it's Gordon Wenberg that usually get the most ice time. Um but other than that, everybody else is gonna be between like 13 and 17 minutes and trying to figure out which game they're gonna be 13 and which game and which game they're gonna be 17. Good luck with that. Uh, you know, they split the power play units. If anybody wants to go look at what they did with the power play, Ely Tolvin and got more power play ice time than Maddie Beneers did. Um, you know, that's the way that they're running their team now. Dave Haxtell special. <laughs> so like, it's not a bad matchup going into Nashville. Like that's, it's not a bad matchup for Seattle at all. Um, it's just a matter of what exactly are they going to do with their teams? Like Seattle feels like one of those teams where if I was playing 150, I would probably have, you know, a reasonable amount of each of all three lines playing single entry, like, you know, roll a dice and pick one. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, I just don't know. Um, you don't know which line is going to play more, which power play unit is going to play more. You don't know when they're going to get broken up. Um, you know, Wenberg, I think, played like 18 minutes and, and Jade Schwartz was at like 17.45 and then Burakowski was like 15 and a half or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's the frustrating thing about playing Seattle. So if I was going to play uh, the Kraken, I would go to their best line of McCann, Beneers, Everly. But like you said, you know, like you mentioned with the Nashville top line, they're one of those sixteen to $17,000 lines. And if you look... At other lines in that price range, you got the Rangers top line, you got the Columbus top line, you got the Minnesota second line that we just talked about. You have the St. Louis top line is a little bit more expensive, but it's only like seven or $800 more. There are just other better lines that I would rather rely on um, than Seattle here. So I don't mind the Seattle top line, but I don't think they're in the direction that I'm going to go tonight. Uh, on the Nashville side, I do like that Tomasino line. Uh, again, what I will say is that Forsberg O'Reilly person and like Ryan O'Reilly still a really good playmaker. And I think we kind of saw a bit of that, um, in their first game. Parson is a pretty good defensive winger. So like, even if O'Reilly's fallen off defensively to being, you know, a little bit better than league average and Parson is really good. Like it could, you know, bring up the average defensive ability of that line. So, I actually don't hate that Nashville top line in this game. I think them and the Novak line are definitely both in play. You know, in a nutshell, I would play the Forsberg O'Reilly line because it seems like they have no interest in playing the Novak line and getting them a lot of power play minutes, right? Like um, Novak got three minutes. The rest of the guys didn't really get much because they were playing Forsberg um, O'Reilly glass with Barry and, and Yossi on the blue line. So um, where they're not going to get a ton of power play time, 
I think I would rather get the guys that are getting the power play time, and that's Nashville one. They're my favorite line in this game. Yeah, I just have to chuckle at that power play because <laughs> Tyler Tyson Berry bombing shots from the point, killing his line mates. <laughs> you have Philip Forsberg and Tommy Novak and Roman Yossi and Ryan O'Reilly on the team, and the shot that they're taking is a Tyson Berry slap shot from 60 feet. Like That almost killed Cody Glass. <laughs> Anyway, let's get the last game of the night here. Just one thing I want to mention quickly about Nashville. I think their coach said that there might be some changes coming on the blue line. That might be something like, you know, Dante Fabro coming in and Luke Shen coming out. I don't, you know, I certainly don't think it's, you know, like Yossi or Barry or anything like that, but just something to keep in mind. Awesome. That that was for you. Vegas Golden Knights with a 3.8 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.6 total. It's not hyperbole to say the Sharks are probably the worst team in the NHL. And I don't know how the Vegas Golden Knights don't run them out of the building tonight. Now, they're they're probably going to be okay offensively. But, like, how is Zadina or Hurdle Hoffman going to stop anyone defensively? Like, Mike Hoffman still has it offensively. One of the worst defensive forwards in the NHL. Second line of Anthony Duclair, Thomas Bordelow, and Alexander Barabanov. Like, maybe at best will be league average. The third line of William Eklund, who is their top prospect, Michael Granlin, and Luke Coonan. Like, Granlin. So, I mean, like, I, I really like Vegas here. The problem is Vegas is pretty appropriately priced. And... That's fine. Like, I think you can power play stack here. I think you can go to Vegas one here. It's just a, a matter of comfortability. Like, if you, you want to put two of those mid-range, like, 16,000, 17,000 lines together, or do you want to spend up for a line? Do you want to spend up for, you know, like, Dallas one? Or do you want to spend up for a Vegas power play stack? It, it's really about your build. Uh, there are a ton of mid-range lines. So, I think, you know, mid-range might be a more popular build. So, if you, if you, you, if you make an expensive Vegas stack, maybe you're on a different path even if they are a bit chalky. So I ostensibly I like Vegas here. It's just a matter of comfortability. Yeah. Um, I will start with the Vegas side. Like I don't have interest in the third line, so we can leave that alone. The second line, I mentioned Paul Cotter in that NHL read in the NHL picks article, free to read over at stochastic.com. Go check it out. Um, Stone and Cotter didn't play that well together last year. In a small sample, only 80 minutes, 2.4 expected goals for 1.9 against. Those are pretty good defensive numbers, but pretty bad offensive numbers. Um, Stevenson probably should help out um, in that regard. I don't mind that line because they're so cheap and such a good matchup. Uh, But if I were going to play a line from Vegas, I would just go to the top line, Marshall, Eichel, Barbashev. You get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. They're not coming in with a ton of ownership. We have them under 10% on DraftKings, which I think is perfectly playable. You know, they looked really good in the first game. I should mention Eichel played nearly 20 minutes in that game, but his wingers were like 15 to 16 minutes. Um, Eichel's, you know, he's going to be a guy playing at the end of games and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think it's one of those situations where you can leave off like Barbashev or something if you, if you want to just do like a, a two-man stack. But I do like that Vegas top line. Like they look... I only caught part of that game, but they looked really, really good. Um, you know, they scored three, I think all three goals in the third period or two of them in the third period or something like that. So I do like that Vegas top line. Um, there are, you know, 
that's there are they are one of those sub 20k lines like you know detroit minnesota but you know both um both new jersey lines like you know there are decisions to make i'm not going to talk much about san jose except for the third line i guess what would be their third line i don't know if it'll be their third line but bordelo bear banoff and duclair the reason i want to bring them up is because i think bear banoff's actually like a decent middle six winger like i don't think he's like a top line winger or anything like that but i think he's a a, a second or third line nhl winger that's something on this san jose team okay anthony duclair like he's a really fast playmaking shooting winger like he's a really good offensive winger thomas bordalo is their second best prospect and his speed is something that they really talk about. So those, that looks like to be like a pretty fast, pretty good playmaking line. That's going to be going against the bottom six from Vegas. And they, uh, Vegas doesn't have Bill Carrier. He's out. Um, they don't have Brett Howden. Um, he's, I think he's getting suspended, which is why they're going to have to move up Paul Cotter. Like they're running out of guys to put into that bottom six. It's Bill Carlson and a bunch of boys. You know what I mean? So, I'm not super stoked to play um, San Jose here tonight, but if I have a really expensive build, like if I have Buffalo one plus Dolan or something like that, or, you know, um, Erickson and Zuccarello and Kaprizov or something like that from Minnesota, that San Jose third line doesn't look that bad for getting bottom six matchups. Um, you know, you're not going to get much uh, out of the power play from them. They're, they're split across two units. Um, but Bear Banoff and Duclair, at least on the top power play unit, ostensibly speaking. So um, on the San Jose side, it's that Duclair, Bordelow, Bear Banoff like, line that I like as a, a filler stack. If you have a really expensive top power play stack that you're playing elsewhere, that would be the only situation where I consider them. Yep. Coming up after us, we have Owner's Box Live at 430 with Greg. Then we have the NFL Showdown Deep Dive at 6, uh, 615, also with Greg and Lindy. And then we have NFL Showdown Live Before Lock at 715 with Laffy and Neil. Let's get to some defensemen here. Going back to Yossi? No. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's a bad matchup for him. I just worry about peripherals in a matchup against Seattle, right? Yep. Um, you know, Maybe he can get there. Maybe he can't. Uh, I do like Dougie Hamilton tonight. I feel like a lot of people are going to go to Luke Hughes because yep. the split power play thing and, and Hughes is like $3,000 cheaper. So might be one of the situations where Hamilton comes in a lot lower owned than he should be. Um, Gustav, Gustav Forsling's got to play a ton of minutes for Florida, right? Oh, and he's only he's only 4K, so I don't mind him. Jacob Truba as well. Um, he's a definitely a block shot threat. I don't like playing Truba when he's like 5,500, but I think he's 43 or 4,400 today on DraftKings. Don't mind playing him there. Justin Falk as well from St. Louis. As long as he stays under $5,000, he's always in play for me. A um, lot of cheap guys I like. Connor Clifton, um, 2,500 from Buffalo. Uh, Eric Gustafson uh, from the Rangers, running power play two, 2,500. Nils Lundqvist and Kalen Addison, running power play two, power play one for their respective teams, all 2,500. I think Josh Mahura, Josh Mahura from Florida, I don't want to say he's going to be the next Brandon Montour, but he's showing some flashes of what Montour did before his breakout, like, you know, getting up the ice, uh, decent playmaking numbers, those types of things. I don't mind him. Uh, Luke Hughes, uh, Cam York, Damon Severson are the guys in that three to four K range that I like on DraftKings. Yep. Cam York was the guy I was going to mention. If you didn't mention him, I have nothing to add there. 
Goalies already hinted at it. I, I like Philip Gustafsson. I like Igor Shosturkin. Obviously, I'm a massive homer there, but hopefully he has a very good season. UC Saros has some shot volume concerns. Devin Levi in play. Um, Cheapos, maybe Vili Huso. Um, anyone else you like there? Um, yeah, Levi was the guy that I was, I was kind of uh, looking towards. Um, I don't think... You know, you didn't mention I have Saros, Gustafson, and Levi as the three goalies that I'm considering. So we're kind of on the same page. Uh, while we were doing the show, I was building a, a sample lineup. Uh, so what we have here is a Philadelphia power play mini stack, Atourier, Konechny, uh, Cam York, Minnesota stack, uh, Erickson, Kaprizov, and Boldy, um, pairing Alex Carrier with UC Saros uh, on the blue line and in net. Plus Alex Holtz uh, as our one-off. Of course, I have Alex Holtz in this lineup. It wouldn't be you if you didn't have Alexander yeah, Holtz. Exactly. I, I got to be me. Lineup. Who are you liking for your uh, hat trick pick tonight? Matthew Boldy from the Minnesota Wild. Uh, I need I need Big Turk to come back to the chat. I miss him, so I'm going to channel the Turk signal and go Johnny Gaudreau. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, looks like we're on Columbus and Minnesota tonight. What could possibly go wrong? Absolutely nothing. Uh, we have a two-game slate tomorrow. So we will be back on Saturday. We are back live on Saturdays now. The show won't be at 9 a.m. anymore. It will be at 2 p.m., which will give us a chance to get through some morning skates. So the news on the show will be more viable. So for Cliffy, I am Josh. We will see you Saturday afternoon for a weekend slate. Good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For whatever reason, there's always been a stigma around mental health in our communities. Some people say that talking about your feelings makes you weak. But you know what? It doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. No matter what you're struggling with, you can call or text 988-LIFELINE to connect with a trained crisis counselor and get the resources and support you need. No judgment, no stigma, just hope. Text or call 988-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE day or night. 988. Hope has a new number.